Today's podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. Head over to MyBookie, use promo code when you sign up. The promo code is PANTELUS, and they're going to match your initial deposit as long as your initial deposit doesn't exceed $1,000. MyBookie.ag, promo code PANTELUS. Goddamn, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's been a week. Um, I had to do some stand-up comedy in Ottawa. So I didn't get to do my first ever European night show where I wanted to talk about just the Champions League and Europa League games. So I'm going to cover those two today. And then we got all kinds of news, gossip. The Greek League kind of uh, exploded over the weekend. So there's a lot, a lot to talk about. But we'll get to it in due time. I am going to talk about what just happened today with uh, with Ajax Athens, with uh, the coaching situation, who got fired, what's going on. I got all the rumors. I got all the reports. So I'll get into that in a second. But first, I think we should start uh, with the Champions League games, and then we'll move on to Europa. We'll handle all the European tasks, and then we'll move on to the Greek League. I think that's the best way to get things done. So, <clears throat> last week, we had the Champions League, and obviously we only have one team left from Greece. Olympiaco is in there trying to get points for us. And we do have a Cypriot team, though, and I'll get to the Apoel game as well. I'll talk about that against the Ajax, because there's something interesting that happened there. But first, with Olympiaco. Olympiacos was facing the Russians, Krasnodar, right? And uh, Krasnodar, no pushovers. They were coming in there. They really wanted to make it to the group stage. Olympiacos took a 1-0 lead, right? They took a 1-0 lead. And this is the kind of stuff I was talking about. It's just the preparation, the way teams prepare and the way coaches prepare. So as soon as they went up 1-0, they were at home. You could see that Krasnodar was risking. They wanted to get an away goal, so they started pushing up higher on the line. So what did the coach do? What did Martins do? He told his players to not just wait for the counter, but to push up, to push up, to keep those positions high. And what what ended up happening is an onslaught of goals. one nothing became 2 nothing, 2 nothing became 3 nothing, and then 4 nothing. They kept catching them out of position. And it looks like Olbeko is going to make it to the next uh, round, to the group stage, really. Barring some kind of a meltdown this week, but I honestly doubt it. I think Olbeko is due, and they're going to get us uh, some points. So that was exciting. There's not much to report on that. Just the fact that that team, like I said, is ready. It looks like the only Greek team that's really, really ready so far has been Olbeko. Um I'm not an Olbeko fan, but I got to admit, I do like the way uh, they've been playing, and they're the only ones that seem to take this stuff seriously this early stage of the season, when it's really important. Now, like I said, there was another Greek team since Pau got eliminated, but there was, uh, well, there's still a Greek, the Cypriot team, Apoel. Now, Apoel was facing Ajax, so if you remember, Ajax uh, eliminated Pau two weeks ago in a very questionable manner, right? There was a lot of weird officiating, plus the team, just that goddamn goalie, Pascalakis, always makes stupid mistakes. And they ended up going down. So Apoel got to face them, and the first game was in Cyprus. Now, first thing I want to say is that Cyprus, when, you, when you're playing Apoel at home, they're, they're not a pushover team. They have good players. I mean, they've been making some very good signings in the last couple of years. And uh, actually, they've, they've managed to sell off some pretty good players as well. They've made, they've made bank the last couple of years. They know how to run a team. The thing is, it's, it's hard to play there when they have their, their fans, their hardcore fans there, right? And they weren't there for the game. And a lot of people were wondering what happened. Well, I think I think it's important to note that 
the fans didn't show up, the hardcore fans at least, because um, the owners of the team and the management of the team, they're kind of setting up this whole uh, biometric scanning situation there where they want you to get your card and your ID and they, they want you to uh, use biometrics to identify you. And people are against that. The hardcore fan base is very much against that. And I understand them completely. I think it's ridiculous. Um, so they boycotted going to the game, which I think hurt Apoel in the long run because they played very well. The game ended 0-0. IX even got a red card. They got a player ejected. right? And I was watching the game, and I was very impressed with the way they were playing. They had a lot of confidence. They believed there was not a minute in that game that Apoel didn't believe in themselves, which is what you like to see. You don't want to see pushover teams. You don't want to see teams that assume that the game has already been called for them and it's already done just because of the match sheet, just depending on who they're playing. And that's not what happened. They were confident. It ended 0-0, and I do feel like they would have had that extra push, that extra motivation had the hardcores been there. But this biometric thing is, um, I think it's crazy. I, th- I think it's completely insane. I don't agree with it one bit. I don't think you should uh, biometrically scan people. Already, I hate... In Greece, when you have um, certain games you can't get into unless you get the club membership pass. Like, uh, I was there a couple of years ago and I was <clears throat> I went to watch Ike play in the Europa League. And uh, at the same time, it was the playoffs for uh, uh, for Champions League for Biakon. And I said, you know what? Let me just go and watch them at the Karaiskaki and watch that game as well, see how they play in Europe. And they wouldn't let me in. They wanted me to become a member in order to get a ticket and I refused I said I'm not you know I'm not gonna become a member I'm, a, I'm an Ike Athens supporter I don't want my name anywhere associated with you fuckers so I couldn't get in to watch that game which is insane right you're, you're kind of not giving people tickets for a stupid reason anyways point is this biometric thing I think hurt them and I feel like Apoel uh, could have maybe taken uh, at least maybe a goal lead going in to the Netherlands this week but you never know. I think if someone's going to pull an upset right now, it's probably them. Uh, like I said, Olbiaco, uh, barring a meltdown, they're going to make the next round. And that's what we had for the Champions League teams that are Greek. Now, Europa League, oof, this, was a, this was a weird week for everyone. I mean, we're going to touch a bit on the implosion that happened over at Ajax. It gets worse as the league uh, rolled into you know its first uh, first game of the season. We'll get into that a little bit later, but we'll talk about the Europa League games first. Now, it's important to note that Pauk was away for this one. They were in Bratislava. We'll start with Pauk. And, I mean, on paper, they were handed the match. Pauk was supposed to win that game, and they ended up getting a little too cocky and a little too sloppy. Again, Pascalak is being sloppy all the fucking time. It ended up being a one nothing victory in the final minutes for Bratislava. Now, it's not something they can't overcome at home. We all know that the Tuba is a difficult place for opposing teams to come in and play, you know, in, uh, play against Pauk when they're at home. But goddamn, that was a chance that they really, really screwed up on. Uh, to even if, you know, I, I would have preferred leaving there with one nothing. I think a Greek team would leave one nothing with uh, that away goal would be perfect going home. It's hard to play in Greece for a lot of other teams. But even with that, 0-0 would have been good as well. But anyways, they coughed it up. I think they can at least come back, which is not the same that I could say for Ajax, who, after taking an early one nothing league uh, lead in... Uh, I keep mixing up league and lead today. Uh, against Trabzonspor of Turkey. 
they imploded. And the Turkish side ended up winning 3-1 with just garbage, garbage playing. It was very shocking. Now, Ike was suspended. They didn't have their fans, but that's that's not the issue here. They didn't field the proper players. And I've been complaining about this for a while. I've been, playing, I've been complaining for a couple of weeks that this coach doesn't know what he's doing. People have been telling me that I, I've been overreacting and that he does. And we're about to find out that I was correct and he does not know what the fuck he's doing. Anyway, so they went down 3-1. Uh, very hard to come back from 3-1 going into Turkey this week. The team did not play like a team. Their best players weren't even on the field. There's certain players that are just, they're not being considered by this new coach. And he keeps playing guys that can't score. He had Oliveira in for the entire game. This guy, I don't know what the hell, I don't, I don't know how this guy's a professional player. I don't know why we paid so much for him. Um, he can't control the ball. He doesn't know how to fucking shoot, apparently. I don't know what's going on. And, and the worst player for me so far has been Geraldes. Geraldes has been garbage. He was hyped up. We got him on loan. And he's been shit. Okay? Which brings me to my next point. Sunday's game. The Greek League. All right? We're going to get back to whether it's possible to come back. But Sunday's games were I- I- insane. I mean, look. First of all, Lamia is continuing their goddamn amazing run from last year. Do you remember last year? They gave everyone a run for their money. Every, all the top teams. Uh, they, they were, their goaltending was spectacular. They were playing well defensively, well on the counter. That's how they were getting their goals. Uh, and they're starting again with that stuff this year. They ended up tying 1-1 against Panathinaiko. And Panathinaiko is actually a good young team. So that was a you know an upset result. And good for them. It's making the league more competitive. Olbiaco ended up beating Astera Tripoli, but, you know, questionable. I mean, there, there was a VAR missed call. I know people were making fun of Greece's first ever VAR attempts this over the weekend because that meme went out where uh, they had ordered takeout. Now, in, in reality, yeah, it's fucking it's stupid. It's such a Greek thing to do. I mean, you just have two hours. Grab a cup of coffee, a bottle of water. You got, you got two hours to do this job. Look at the screen. You don't need to order takeout. It's a bit much. It, it's very Greek. It is a Greek thing to happen. Uh, it is hilarious, though. You know what? That's like, I don't think that was the problem, though, because they did miss a penalty in the Olympiaco game, and Astera Tripoli should have had a, a penalty kick. That's the truth. This game should have probably ended 1-1. But you know what? It's not. I know people are angry, and they're yelling at the team. They're yelling at Olympiaco fans. Uh, you know, the fans don't decide this. It's not their fault. Uh, it's not the team. It's not the players' fault. You want to say something? Talk to the, talk to the VAR guys that order takeout, maybe. It's definitely not their fault, though. It is, it is sad for Astera Tripoli because they don't have a bad team. They have a pretty good team, especially for the Greek League. And these are these are teams that we need to do well when they deserve it. And, you know, if they had a penalty, deservedly so, you know, the player's shirt was being pulled in the box. It was, it, it was obvious. Everyone and their mothers could see that that was a penalty, except for the people that have video replay, apparently. So that went nowhere. Uh, but Rebeko got the win. Three points to start off the season. Now, Ofi... Another impressive uh, result that happened in the league over the weekend. It's not the last one either. Uh, Ofi ended up tying Adi 1-1. Now, that might not sound like a big deal to a lot of people, but you have to understand that Ofi's been fighting off relegation for the past couple of seasons, whereas Adi was playing at least for a chance to continue their progress in Europe just last week in the Europa League. So that 1-1 is, is pretty big. It's pretty. It also goes to show you that uh, these teams underestimate each other all the time in the Greek league. Like Adi should have came out a lot harder, right? They should have played the way they played last week, but 
in any event, that 1-1 one, one, uh, draw just means that the league is going to be a lot closer for the first couple of weeks. Because at the same time, Panionio did the same thing with Volo. You'd think that Panionio could take it. They were at home. Volo ended up tying 1-1. One, one. That uh, Another crazy result for the weekend. Uh, Pantolikos lost to uh, Pauk, which uh, I had it down as a tie. So, But, you know, a tie. And if there was going to be a win, it was definitely going to be Pauk. It wasn't going to be uh, an upset there. But we're going to get to the big game. And the reason it's a big game is not just because I'm an Ajax fan, but this is the whole story of the Greek League this entire weekend. Ever since this happened, this has been big news. So Ajax went head-to-head against Xanthi in their, uh, not just their first match of the season for the, the regular season of the Greek League, but also the first game in front of their fans now because their fans during the European qualifiers weren't allowed to attend. You know, due to fan violence last year, they got suspended. Now, was it deserved? It was. If I remember correctly, they threw Molotov cocktails at the uh, Ajax supporters when they were in Athens. A bit much. A bit much. You know, you're setting your opponents on fire. Uh, a bit much. So they finally got to see their team. Everyone was excited. But there was questions before the match even started. Questions that I was asking when I looked at the starting 11. It was a little shocking. So our best player right now. And I don't mean our best player based on... Uh, stats, even though I think he still is, but I don't mean our best player based on money, which I think he's still the the highest uh, or the second highest player on the team right now. I mean our best player in terms of performances in the last couple of games has been Marko Livaya, right, the Croatian. He wasn't starting. The man who started the game instead of him was Geraldes, who again I've been saying for weeks uh, is garbage. He's not helping. He just makes a lot of mistakes. It doesn't look like he can pass. And he was starting in in that in that kind of free uh, assistant. To it. He's kind of like in the midfield, but he kind of assists the strikers as well. He jumps in as a second striker, that kind of free role in the middle that Livaya has uh, been, you know, making his bread and butter on. Really, he's been living off that for a while now. He's he's very good in that position. So he started ahead of him. There's been some speculation in the past couple of weeks that the coach Cardoso doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. I've been speculating this more than anyone. And he, he was playing a lot of Portuguese players. Now, I don't care about the nationality of the, of the players. You put the best guys in. But he was playing a lot of Portuguese players that people thought he was favoring, especially when they weren't as good as either their Greek or their Croatian or the Serbian counterparts that were sitting on the bench or even removed off the roster. The interesting thing that happened with Ajax is a lot of players that I loved, that uh, the fans loved, that were, were just good, solid players for the team, weren't even on the reserve list for these past couple of games. One of those players was Tosic. He's back from injury. He was, the Serbian was one of our best defenders uh, when we got into the Europa League two years ago. If you remember that run we did, we were undefeated. Just a great, great player. A lot of heart, loves the team. And he's been, he's been out of the limelight for a while. So the game starts. Like I said, Levi is on the bench. Oliveira again is also starting. Striker instead of Yagumaki, which was another bad... And I'm not saying Yagumaki is an amazing striker, but Rivera's proven to not be able to score fucking goals, okay? So the match starts. The team is in, is in disarray. I mean, it's so weird. They'd fall apart every five, six minutes. The first half ends 0-0, but the first half also ends with a red card. Our buddy, Geraldes, got two fucking yellow cards for stupid tackles early on in the game, and Ayak is down to 10 men. 
like I said, it, and it's, it's nothing to do with, you know, oh, I was right. It's you. Anybody could see this. Anybody that was watching these games could see that this guy's a garbage fucking player. Uh, now, whether he's going to get better, whether he just needs practice, I don't know. But he's definitely a garbage player. What we've seen so far. So he gets red carded. He gets kicked out. Obviously, Levi can't be happy on the bench watching this shit. They put him in later. They had no choice, obviously. Uh, the team is in disarray. They're not passing well. Verde doesn't. He's not in proper position. It, it was just very awkward. Their play. They go down one nothing, and then by the end of the game, they went down two nothing. They ended up scoring a consolation goal. Two one is how this ended. Huge, huge upset victory for Xanthi. Disgustingly embarrassing for Ayak. To the point where, after the game, this is where the uh, this is where all the crazy stuff starts. The owner. Melisaniti went down to the locker rooms and in front of everyone fired the manager, Cardoso, the coach, and the technical director, Nikos Liberopoulos, one of our legendary players, and said, you guys have embarrassed us. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, he was basically speaking for all of us because that's how every fan, that's how, uh, I mean, people who watch Greek soccer and are not fans of Ike are just fans of the sport were kind of disgusted by the team these past couple of games because we did not... We, we should not have lost to, to Trabzonspor last week, especially not the way we did. And we sure as hell should not have lost to Xanthi. We have the players to beat them. They're just not being played. And the ones that are being played are being played in improper positions. So that happens. Now, this morning, I find out that there are a couple of people in the running. So at the moment, the interim manager is going to be Kostenoglu, who's coming back. He was a legendary player for Ajax. Uh, he coached the team. He's got experience. He loves the team. So he's there now, but he's not the um, the manager of choice from the owner. The owner is really trying to get back uh, Poyet. So he's trying to bring back Poyet to be our manager. He's trying to bring back, uh, you know, that quality, that experienced manager that he wants. And if that doesn't work, even though he's going full throttle, they're even talking about bringing Katsuranis back as a role of manager. Now, look, I have no problem. I love Katsuranis. I think he's a great dude, great player. Follow each other on Twitter. He's a cool dude. But uh, for the team that we have, especially if you wanted to go deep in Europe, I would have preferred having someone with experience. So Kostenoglu or Poyet, I would kind of take over Katsuranis right now. But then again, you know, Katsuranis is a European champion. He's playing the world. He's, I mean, he's had a great club career as well. Um, so I'm not trying to sell the guy short. But, you know, a lot of emotions are running high right now. At the same time, another news that came out of Greece, out of this whole Hayek thing, is that I guess people noticed that certain good players were being brushed aside. I mean, look, Vrangis even yesterday started. Vrangis was our best defender, and he started on the bench. He didn't start the game. Our best defender wasn't playing. And to top that all off, when he was playing as the Turkish team, they made this weird. They made him have the tallest player on the Turkish team, just man to man, and then everybody else had this weird zone coverage where faster players were left. And that's why they kept getting caught. It, it, it was very strange what the coach was doing. I'm not surprised that he got fired. But basically, the news that came out of Greece today is that a lot of people noticed that these good players weren't being used. And Sosic apparently is back on the squad. He was in the uh, in the training rotation this morning. Galanopoulos, who's a great young Greek player, just for, for Greece in general, but for Ajax, obviously, is an amazing player. And he was one of, our, uh, one of our top guys last season, and he hasn't been considered at all. He's back in the rotation. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping the team could kind of bounce back. Now, look, I, I'm as optimistic as anyone else. And I need, um, and we all need, especially if you support Greek soccer, Greece to get as many points as they can in Europe. 
and I would love to see Ajax come back in Turkey. But they would need to score three unanswered goals to win and maybe win 3-1 to go into extra time. That is very, very hard to do. Uh, nearly impossible, but not impossible. Now, the biggest problem is within the next three days, right? New coach, um, new system. Where's everybody's mindset at? There's a lot to consider before you even fathom that to be a realistic outcome. But I'm telling you, not impossible. And hopefully Pauk can you know, do us all a favor, bring that back, win that game, go into the group stage, and at least get some points for Greece because we need them. And that's been the news pretty much in the Greek soccer world for for the week. Now, the European Knights thing I'm going to explain to people. So what I'm going to start doing is there's going to be you know two episodes. There's going to be one that focuses on the Greek teams. Uh, and whenever there's a big European night, like after the group stages start, I'm going to be doing an episode called European Knights. And it's going to talk about all the European matches only. And so we'll, we'll cover, you know, the English teams, the Spanish teams, just the, the exciting matches that happen in Europe um, within the, you know, the European competition. So Europa or Champions League, not individual leagues, obviously. That's why it's called European Nights. Then we're going to try to get some people to come um, to come in as guests. I was supposed to have my buddy uh, Gus, <laughs> my buddy uh, Costa to come uh, and be my co-pilot for this episode. It was supposed to be recorded on Friday, actually, before I left to do my uh, comedy, but he had an emergency. You know, times didn't match up. I had to hit the road, so we didn't get to do it, so I'm back doing this alone, but I'm definitely open to getting uh, guests on. I like the banter, even arguments. That would be fun, too, get some good uh, angry Greeks. We could even do call-ins. I could get someone to call in if anyone, um, if any one of my friends that actually understands soccer and can talk about it. So European Nights is going to be interesting because then I could bring my friends that are not Greek, I have like big soccer heads that are not Greek and that enjoy specific teams in, in Europe and they love the European game. So I'll have people talk about that. But in the meantime, while that's happening, um, remember to subscribe to this. It's also on YouTube. There's no video, but it's on YouTube if you like to consume this via YouTube. I know a lot of people uh, just put you know their YouTube podcasts on and they go do stuff around the house. So it's the Greek soccer show everywhere. You could download that shit even on uh, Spotify. Support our sponsor, MyBookie, mybookie.ag. Use promo code Pantelis when you sign up, and they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. I also have another sponsor on my uh, other podcast this week. If you guys are interested, it's pretty funny. It's called Offensive Crayons, offensivecrayons.com. They have, like, the funniest crayon names for colors. So if you remember, you had, like, sky blue, right, when you were growing up. Now these ones have, like, I don't know, faggot purple or stuff of that nature. Um, so offensivecrayons.com if you want to get some offensive crayons as gifts for your friends or their kids and if you use the promo code pantels at checkout they're gonna give you 15% off so that's the best i can do and apart from that you tell your fucking friends about this show you listen to it the more the season goes on i can guarantee you the angrier i'm gonna get thank you guys for listening